my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. All right. So we are going to talk about, we're going to start off with this retreat that I just did. It was a founder's retreat was just in Phoenix, Arizona with a bunch of people and uh, some mutual friends. Neil knows some of these people as well. It's a group of about eight of us. We had people like uh, convert kit founder, Nathan Berry showed up. This guy, Al Doan, he has like a hundred million dollar quilting company. A quilting um, company? Quilting company. Quilting, yeah. like yeah. a quilt on a yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the yeah. old school, yeah. you know, that they yeah. used to sell like my grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quilting. Um, you had Syed was there. Uh, our, our buddy Yaniv was there. Uh, Eric Rivera, this other guy, Walter, who you don't know. Everyone's there. Patrick? Patrick Campbell was there. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Patrick's cool. And yeah, there's just a lot of things that that we did. And we've been doing this retreat for 2018 or so. There's like a core group of us. And then we'll, you know, continually rotate people in and out. But each year we do it. We do it once. Last year we did Turkey. This year we did Phoenix, Arizona, because uh, one of the members of the group, had some some health complications. We'll just put it that way. So we just wanted to make it easy for them. But yeah, that's what it that's what it was. That and we basically did it from Wednesday till Wednesday till Sunday. So that was the the retreat. But nobody nobody has to pay. Like it's not a business. Everybody just pays cost, and then we're just hanging out with each other the whole time. That's cool. So what did you guys discuss? Or how about let's start off with this? What were the main learnings because everyone has decent sized businesses in this group. I know you didn't share everyone's revenue numbers, yeah. but some of them I know, and some of them are much larger than the quilting company. Yeah. even. Yeah. Uh, so what, what were some of the big lessons that people shared? One lesson I'll, I'll share, I'll share some of the things because we each had a presentation. So let's say you have a business problem. Like you get to bring one business problem to the table. One of the problems I brought up actually carried over into our, our mutual friend who does a couple hundred million a year. And the key takeaway is this. So, so you know how you and I have agencies, right? Yes. And you'll probably agree with this, but our websites are optimized to take orders. So like, let's say for every hundred people, maybe 20 of them are ready to buy now. Our sites are optimized for the buy now, right? And 20% of people will never buy from you. And then you have the, the middle 60%. And Patrick actually brought this up. It's like the actual, it's actually the middle 60% that matters. And I don't know about you, but I'll say for me, I'm really good at top of the funnel marketing and bottom of the funnel. I suck at middle of the funnel <laughs> and I suck at getting responses, right? He's like, dude, that's where we made all our money in terms of generating conversations. And so as an example, 
when you go to like ProfitWell, which is his his company, he had a bunch of gated downloads. Like you'd have to download something to get like an ebook or whatever. Yeah. His whole thing is like, hey, Neil, I noticed that you downloaded this. What do you actually need help with? Right. So these are automated just basically setups for conversations. And then their BDRs are just trying to set up meetings that way. And that's how they book the vast majority or a big chunk of their meetings. And that's something we don't do nearly as well as we could. Because if you think about it, with the traffic that we drive, the leads that we're getting, it's like, we should be getting a lot more. And arguably, I would argue the same thing for you too. Wait, so, what do you mean? So they're doing a lead to auto call or auto scheduled? Lead to, so it's a lead to auto message. And then the BDR, their job is to nurture the conversation because a lot of people aren't ready to buy. So they're really good at keeping, like nurturing the conversation over long periods of time to get them ready to buy. How do you do it on your end? Well, we just started doing it like this week. No, I, that, but what did you do? You get a lead on your website. So we're only targeting the people that are like highly qualified budget and everything. And uh, people that are like ready to buy right now, right? We're, we're, we're taking orders. And that's, that's what Patrick said. He's like, dude, you guys are just glorified order takers. And it's like, that's not where the magic is. So what's funny is when a lead comes in, we do analysis of the lead. And depending on if it's qualified, we'll actually give them an opportunity to schedule a call right then and there. Yeah. You, you check their budgets and you're looking at all, or are you enriching the lead with- We're enriching budget? the okay. lead. Got it, got it, we got don't it. just do it based on the yep. budget. Yeah. So that right there allows it to be where we're able to get more show-ups. Then we take the rest of the leads that aren't as qualified because just if you enrich them, it doesn't mean the lead's not qualified. Sometimes there's not enough data. Sometimes the enrichment is off. We send them through- Text campaigns, email campaigns, and phone call campaigns. Mm -hmm. uh, average uh, SDR, BDR, I don't know what they're called, but the person making dials, they do more than 80 calls a day. Wow. And th this, is, uh, this is your nurture, your middle of the funnel that you're nurturing. The people that no, aren't ready to buy. bottom right and middle. Okay, we do it. it for all ends. And yep. then top of funnel, different sequences. Even if they schedule a call, mm -hmm. we still have sequences for texting, emails, um, and different follow-ups uh, for phone calls. So you're, well. you're touching them quite a bit. We're touching them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We call a lead. I don't have the exact number, but the last time I looked, it was a percent. It was like a decimal point, right? But I know it was more than six times a month. You call a lead six times a month. More than six times a month. That includes, so call is six times. I'm assuming if you include email and SMS and everything, it's, it's a lot more than that. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the key takeaway for me is the fortunes and the follow-up. And the other thing I'll say is, and I, I actually disagreed with this initially, but everyone around the group, these are all founders, right? And these are all entrepreneurs. They're like, uh, one of my friends is just like, dude, F the budget, remove the budget. And you know how all agencies have the budget in there. It's like, dude, everyone in there is like, the reason why you don't want to have the budget is because one, I don't know what my budget is. Two, I don't like being bucketed into something. And then three, I don't, I know if I put a higher budget, you're going to try to charge me more money. Right. And so like, I see where the logic is coming from and like, I'm down to test it, but it's, um, it goes against like my marketing teachings. My marketing yes. learnings. Yeah. What do you think about that? I've tried all the different types of things. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. What works for one business, funny enough, we've tried, because do we both have agencies. Mm -hmm. We've tried our approach on many different companies and some it works, some it doesn't. We've tried mm -hmm. their approach to our business and it works for them and it doesn't work for us. I yep. think it really varies per business. What's funny is what they're talking about on following up with leads, when we get leads through our ad agency website, NP Digital, it's not the same sequence. The same type of sequence and messaging does not work that it does on neilpatel.com. Interesting. Yeah. Because neilpatel.com, it's, it's weird because you have a corporate site and then it's you. 
So they yes, behave a little differently. But the corporate website, especially with our enterprise leads, you cannot follow up the same amount. You can't do with as many emails, uh, text messages, mm-hmm. et cetera. But the type of customer that we're pitching, a lot of time it's, we have a problem, we're doing an RFP, let us know if you want to be included, we'll follow up with you at a certain date if you want to be included. It's a very different type of it's uh, more campaign. It's formal. It's more formal. It's much yeah. more formal. And yeah. the businesses are... Uh, the businesses know more so what they want and they're going into it, you know, saying this is what we're looking for. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. By the way, Neil and I have an agency owners group called the Agency Owners Association. All you have to do, just go to marketingschool.io slash agency. Once again, it's marketingschool.io slash agency to learn more. And now back to the show. I mean, the other thing I'll say is, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time, we're talking through business, talking through hacks and all that, but we played basketball, we played pickleball as well. We're going to go on a hike, we ate really amazing food. And what you realize with, with these retreats and, and anybody that's listening, it doesn't matter what stage you're at in your career. Even if you're like 21 years old, you can put your own little retreat together. Maybe it can be like a one day get together and one day mastermind. These things just go a long way because people are learning through osmosis. And then one of my friends who does a couple hundred million dollars a year, he's like, dude, we have the same problem. We're just order taking. We're not, we're not following up with the middle and we're really bad at doing that. And so like, if you're a really good marketer, you're bringing in a lot of top of the funnel and you're also converting a lot of the bottom funnel, it's worth it to take a look at the middle 60%. And I actually wrote out an entire memo about six or seven pages or so. I sent it to my team and everyone's like, oh my God, the ideas here are so, are so amazing, right? So we're going to be implementing a lot of these things moving forward. And uh, you should be able to see them on our website in the next couple of, of weeks or so. Cool. What else did you end up learning from this? I would say, I mean, I, I learned, okay, I'll just put it this way. I mean, there's uh, some people that you think, I'll, I'll tell you offline, um, another, some people that you think are doing really well. Um, this is not anybody in the group, but some people that you think are like billionaires or whatever, they're actually, they're actually not. They're actually in debt, like a lot of money, right? Um, but well, a lot of people have made billions of dollars by stacking up debt. A great example of this is InVenture. You know, a lot of them have companies that don't produce positive cash flow. They raise tons of debt, maybe not personally, but on the corporate books. And you have businesses like that Baiju. You see that Indian startup that was worth 20 billion. Now it's like a billion dollars or somewhere around there. Um, it's not a profitable business and they yeah. use a lot of cash to go buy up other businesses. Yeah. A lot of so, uh, what the, the, the companies I'm thinking about. Yeah. It's exactly what you're saying there. A lot of them are, it, it seems like it's good outside, but you know, ultimately they, they, they're not insolvent, but it's a lot worse than it looks. But it, it, a lot of them, their net worth is tied up in stocks 
that aren't liquidatable. And what I mean by that is like stock of a company that is privately owned and there's not a ton of secondary options for it. Yep, totally. Um, but other than that, I, I think it's, uh, you know, the other thing I'll say is what else, what, what else have we picked up? I, I, there's a lot of, here. I'll share one from our, our friend Syed. So he has a really good one. It's, um, actually, I don't even know if he wants us to share. He, he's, he's pretty private about a lot of these <laughs> things. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave that one alone, but yeah. You got to share. Oh, you, you're just about to share. Come on. Uh, Say it in a way we won't piss him off. Cause you know, no, this mean? is, no, I can't share this one. Cause this is how he negotiates. So some people might use this against him. So he's yeah. not going to really negotiate with anyone listening to the podcast anyways. Oh, well, we don't know that. Like it, it's, I'll share it with you afterwards. I'm, I'm sure he's okay with me sharing with you. Afterwards. I, I don't want you to share it with me. I want you to share it with everyone. Else. Okay, fine, fine guys. So, marking school special over here. <laughs> so, so I think this one's, this one's probably okay, but here, here's how it works. And I'll, I'll paraphrase here. I'm not going to use this exact phrasing here. Cause there's like, copy. Sure. so let's say I'm trying to sell you software, right? Okay. So you, you, what, what's going to happen? I'm going to try to get sell you a me demo. the company or sell me software. So, like just software. Like, like, okay. You have to buy, pay me, pay me monthly. Okay. MRR. Cool. Yeah. So what happens? Well, if it's enterprise software, you probably have to get on a demo with me. Right. Yeah. So what he does is he puts his assistant on the demo. Right. And the assistant basically makes it look like. Syed has no time and, and Syed needs to make a decision on the top three options, right? It's like, so basically it's like, Hey, um, you know, Mr. Mr. Balky has, uh, he's, he just, please give us the best pricing here. Mr. Balky is going to pick the best pricing. And then if they get a, give a pricing that's unacceptable, whatever pricing they give actually in the beginning, um, he, he says something like that. The assistant says something like, uh, I'm sorry, this, this will make me look really bad. I cannot present this pricing to Mr. Balky, right? Um, please provide your best offer. And then they get all scared at everything. And then they provide him the, the best pricing. And then Ultimately, that's he doesn't need to get on the demo calls, and that's how he gets the best price as well. Dude, and then this if is he needs too to get, complicated. I have he, a better solution than this. What's your best solution? All right, so we already do this, but we have. I know he has a good amount of employees, but I yeah. think we have more employees than him, right? I think so. Yes, I don't mean that in a better or worse way. It's just yeah. I have more staff to get on the demo calls, yeah. so I don't get on the demo calls in the first place. The team tells us what they want, mm -hmm. and then they go and do the demos. The corporate policy is, is when they're on the calls, they just say, hey, we're looking at a lot of solutions in this space. Give us your best price. Then they get the pricing. And then most companies have a procurement division. Uh, if you don't have a procurement division, you can just email out and be like, cool, uh, we appreciate your demo. We love your features, but we got much better pricing. You don't even have to tell them what the other pricing is, assuming you did get better pricing. And then people start coming down on their price and then you pick. And the last one, if you really want them and you want them to go lower, you could just be like, look, really want to go with you. But for us to make this work based on everything else that we've seen in the market, you have to go down to X price. If you if you choose this, if you are interested or if you accept this, please let us know in 24 hours we have a deal. If not, we're moving on to- uh, Hey, you guys uh, are doing the same thing. You were doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah. But I don't have to end up scheming where it's like, let me get a assistant. And like, it's just too much work. It's just- Well, no, it's, it's just a workflow. You have a workflow. He has a workflow. It just goes through his assistant. That's all it is. And I think he has it go through like his portfolio companies as well. They do the same thing. So it's the same thing. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm getting at is, you don't need an assistant to, or are you saying he's not trying to do the assistant on purpose? He's just you leveraging his assistant so he doesn't spend his time. Yeah. I mean, he's leveraging employees to help him with the negotiation. And then oh, he okay. comes in, it's like a power play type of thing. Like it, it, it works. Right. And then the other thing I'll say is this, um, the other thing I'll learn and we can move on from this is, um, Al Doan, he has the quilting company. Um, they, 
they basically, he buys towns. And so you just, you basically, if you want to buy a town that doesn't have a lot of people, what do you need to do? You just buy off the real estate, right? And so like, that's cool. I thought that was, I thought that, I thought that was interesting. And he's like, I wait, think, wait, what does he do once he buys up the town? I, I don't know, but like, it's, uh, I just, I, I thought that was mentioned in, in passing. He's like, he wants to, it seems like he wants to show people or tell people that, like, he's basically the town guy, right? And so um, that's but something wait, wait, Why does he want to buy a town? Because it's cool. I don't know. So basically that's what it is. He has, uh, he has a town and I think he has multiple towns actually. And that's not, not many people, not many people can say that. I don't even own one town. I can't afford the town I live in. Yeah. Actually, there's other people in the group that have, um, stakes of towns too. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. Um, but other than that, yeah, those are the things I think. Unless I could you buy a town in the middle of nowhere where. Exactly. Don't... Exactly. Okay. So he's not going after a town like in Los Angeles. No. Dude, or outside of on. Los Angeles. You can't afford it. You, you could even I afford like know. 1% of Los Angeles. <laughs> no, um, no. I'm talking about subsections. Los Angeles is a county, right? Yeah, 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 but yeah, there's yeah. smaller towns in Los Angeles. Yeah. But all like, real estate is expensive. Like Antelope Valley or something. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Valley's probably still expensive. It probably is. But my point is, look, there's the things I shared are the things that are okay sharing. There's a lot of things I can't, there's, we went a lot deeper, but I, unfortunately I can't share those things. Right. Cause this is like a, it's a private retreat. So go do your own fr- private retreat. Doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. We all pay costs. We don't, we're not trying to make this a business and it's just good times. And then we get to go to cool places as well. So that is it for this episode. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. It helps us grow. And also, also nothing else. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one listen to a really good cry with radhi devlukia on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts